0: If you are able, will you please stand for the call to worship? O Lord, open our lips. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Have you seated. As you as you are, let me welcome everyone to worship here at Southside Baptist Church this morning. It's good to see you all, and to be able to gather and worship the one true and living God. There may be some of you who are guests today, and we want to especially welcome you by uh, just opening our arms wide and and telling you that you are welcome here. Southside Baptist Church is in the heart of Five Point South, building an inclusive community of grace and first in this community and then beyond, and a part of that is to make sure that every person that comes in these doors uh, feels welcomed and at home here, that we extend to you the hospitality that most of us received as we also came. I would like to uh, ask you at some point in in the worship service today to take the blue book that you'll see at the end of each pew. If you'll fill that out and drop it in the offering plate as it's uh, passed later, that would uh, be a great help to us. One thing I did want to uh, say to you that um, the choir behind me looks great, don't they? They do. Wonderful. And not only do they look great, they sound better than they look, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they are outstanding, and we appreciate the leadership Sarah and Kenny have given, and all those who sing. So. Um, Today, as we uh, continue in our worship service, we want to uh, give you an opportunity to welcome each other by passing the peace of Christ. So if you would do that now, please. So welcome those who are worshiping with us by live stream. Hope that you will uh, also be feel welcomed, and the spirit of Christ will be evident in our worship today. As you find your places, we'll continue in our worship with a prayer of invocation, and um, asking the Lord to bless this time of worship that we offer unto him. Almighty God, for your loving kindness, we give you thanks, and for the promise of your presence with us, we thank you. May our worship today be pleasing unto you, and may you lead us to the new depths of understanding as your spirit is present, and as you use the words of hymns and prayers and the word proclaimed to teach us more, and to compel us to follow you even more closely. In your name I pray, amen. Our Old Testament reading today is from the book of Psalms, chapter 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore.
1: New Testament reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 17, and verses 20 to 23. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me.
0: May be seated. Good morning. Would you sit those books on the table there? Just put them on the table right there. How are you all today? Good. You know, we've got uh, our regulars that are here, and we have two others here that are with us today. And I think they're two that are probably coming up from downstairs in a minute. But these two, Amelia, we're glad you're here. Betsy, we're glad you're here. It's always good to have some more. Uh, children here at the front and I want to talk to you about what we have read in scripture and what we talked about and what Dr. Roxburgh is going to preach about today. He ta- He's the title of his homily is blessed be the tie that binds and we want to think about that for just a moment because I want to show you some. This is a, a picture. We gave out all of our new directories, the ones that we had that were made three years ago so this one's a little bit older but it still has people that some of which are here, they don't look quite like they did in these pictures. At least I don't. <laughs> but some do. But anyway, there are people in here from all the pe- members of our church that were here. Some of these, in fact, this was made before many of you were born. <laughs> it was an 05 directory. But anyway, that all of these people here, there's something, even though they come from different families, there's something that makes us all common do you know what that is there's a there's a faith our faith we talk about that we talk about the song Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in christian love that because of jesus and because we love him because god loved all of humankind and sent him for us that we can we are brothers and sisters now what does that mean do you Millicent, you and Abigail always get along. No. <laughs> are you sure? It's, I know it's none, none of it's your fault, right? No, I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always have those those sense that uh, that we have problems sometimes with brothers and sisters. But the thing is, because you are in your family, the worst family, you always get along together eventually, right? You know that you and Jamie and Christina, they get along. I know that I Miss Amelia and Miss Betsy do, don't you? You always have fun. Yeah, I thought you did. I can tell by your faces. And Jack and Martine, you always get along. Everything's good. And you and Timothy never, never, never get along. Well, the point is that, that we have families, our families that we come from. We're, we're together because we are in that family. But you're also in this family. Everybody out there is related by a tie that is greater than even that which we think about with families because it was by Jesus making His sacrifice or sacrificing Himself for us, that we're bound together. Now, sometimes we don't act like it, but we are always. And we should demonstrate the same kind of love and, and uh, concern for our brothers and sisters in Christ as we do those in our own family. So all these folks in here, though they may look different and though they may, um, you may think, well, I don't have anything in common. Well, there's, yeah, th- there is one. So they don't look quite like they did then. That's, that's my family. So I'll show it, that one to you. But, and that's um, Mr. Martin and Jack's uh, dad. So we won't, we won't, but other than that, the new one they're in. So the, the point is that these tell us about the individual families but there's a bigger family. And that is all of us that believe and are gathered together here are also a family, that we're Christ's family, we're the ones that He has uh, sacrificed Himself for, that we might know Him, but also that we might understand His love for all of humankind and certainly show that to one another. So let's offer a prayer of thanks that, that uh, we can have that common bond that does uh, just as greater than anything we can imagine. Lord, be with us now and bless these children, each one of them. May those of us who are older in positions of leadership and those who are family, um, heads of family, that we would demonstrate your love, that they might understand it more completely and that through the teachings and the time in worship, that they will also Come to understand how great and wonderful your love for all of humankind is. In your holy name I pray.
1: we come with our intercessory prayers to God now will you join me as we pray and I invite you to engage in a response uh, to the prayers I will say on three occasions Lord in your mercy and the response is hear our prayer Lord in your mercy hear our prayer shall we pray gracious God creator of all As we look around in the towns in which we live, it's not difficult to notice the needs of those around us. We pray this morning for those who are homeless, as they hope to find secure and safe accommodation to call home. For those who are lonely, not knowing when a friendly voice will reach into their lives and break the silence of their day. For those who are hungry, awaiting a meal that will end their cravings. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. In our unsettled world of angry voices of division, as they rise rapidly, it's not always obvious or clear that nations are willing or prepared to speak to each other or to find paths to peace. We pray for our own government as it continues to face the challenges of a changing world. We pray for world leaders around the world especially the members of the g7 as they meet in beritz this week may they come to a unity of mind in terms of meeting the needs of our world lord in your mercy hear our prayers within our faith communities there are times we confess when we struggle with each other and within ourselves we pray this morning for the shared life of our community that We might share the sorrows and pains of faith as well as the celebrations for each individual who forms our family of faith that each of us may find the presence of christ within and towards each other and help us to be a means of encouragement in our pilgrimage lord in your mercy hear our prayer And as our prayers are never at an end, may we recall the prayers and lives of those who have made the faithful journey before us, and now take their final rest in the dwelling place of your presence. May their demonstrations of Christ's love and their stories inspire us to allow your Holy Spirit to lead us bravely to new opportunities to be your people in our day and generation. Hear all these, our prayers. We offer them in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray and to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. John Fawcett was a Baptist minister in England who lived in the 18th and 19th centuries. He was also a prolific hymn writer and today we're looking at the fourth in a series of classic hymns of the church that we often sing within church here at Southside. Today it's blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in kindred love. The village of Wainsgate near Hebden Bridge in West Yorkshire was where he had his pastoral ministry. And it was once described as a straggling group of houses on the top of a barren hill. Think of Wuthering Heights, bleak, barren, cold, and poor. He didn't have an easy life. He was orphaned at the age of 12, became an apprentice to a tailor in Bradford in Yorkshire, and he worked long hours, 14-hour days, probably six days a week. Then he taught himself to read in the evenings, and eventually he managed to begin to read John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. He was converted through the evangelical awakening in the 18th century, specifically through hearing the preaching of George Whitefield. In 1765, after he had sensed a call to pastoral ministry almost at the same time as when he committed his life to Christ. At the age of 25, John and Mary, whom he had just married, moved to live in this straggling group of houses amongst very poor parishioners. He began to visit their homes and the church experienced growth, growth such that they had to add a balcony on the small meeting house where they were gathering. With the addition of four children to the family, his modest salary was not really capable of sustaining their lives. The story is told that after seven years of being in this particular church, a prestigious parish church, Baptist church in London with many more financial resources invited him to come and be their pastor. We might compare it, I suppose, to moving from rural Alabama to become pastor of maybe Church of the Highlands or Dawson Memorial Baptist Church. Not only was there going to be a better stipend, but better schools, libraries, and all sorts of opportunities for the family to develop and enjoy life. The story goes that when he preached his farewell sermon, and after they had sold some of his older books and some of the bulky parts of their furniture, that the rest of the furniture was on a, a, a cart, a horse and cart, and ready to move down to London. Now, this is where it's difficult to tell the difference between truth and a little bit of, not quite fiction, but you know know what it is when you meet a, a, a fisherman who says that they've caught a fish, and every time they tell the story, the fish just gets a little bit bigger. Well, it's a bit like that. According to one observer, his wife Mary is quoted as saying, I can't stand it, John. I know not how to go to London. To which John responded... Lord, help me Mary, nor can I, unload the wagons, we're going to stay. And apparently, so we're told, the pandemonium that ensued was one of a great joy amongst the congregation. Fawcett remained in that church, his only pastorate, for 54 years. Sometime after that event, he wrote a poem that became the hymn that we're going to sing at the end of our service, It was entitled, Brotherly Love, Bless Be the Tie That Binds. He was a a famous writer. He wrote an essay called Anger, which became a particular favorite of King George III. You may have heard of him because of 1776. It is reported that the king actually offered Fawcett any benefit he wanted to be conferred on him. This is how Fawcett responded. I have lived amongst my own people enjoying their love. God has blessed my service among them, and I need nothing which even a king could supply. Fawcett lived at a time of the evangelical awakening. He lived at a time when people were being urged individually to put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, having a personal relationship with God in Christ, And yet Fawcett knew that that wasn't the be-all and end-all of what it meant to be a Christian. He knew that there was a a community understanding of faith. We need each other. And so his hymn reminds us that the Church of Jesus Christ, despite all its faults and failings, offers opportunities to be renewed in worship, to be enriched in fellowship, and challenged to explore new faith, not only by ourselves, but with others around us. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. doesn't mean the church is perfect. Far from it. We've all been disappointed at times by churches, by Christians down through the years. It's made up of folks just like ourselves, warts and all. But the church offers a great challenge, a challenge and also an opportunity to live out the command of Jesus when he said to us, love one another, as I have loved you. It's a a hymn that talks in a very dramatic way of the importance of such unity. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Our first reading this morning was from Psalm 133, which begins, how very good and pleasant it is when kindred, sisters and brothers, live together in unity. How good it is Fawcett knows that the relationship of commitment to the welfare of people within the family of God is a a priority in the life of a person of faith. It is rooted not in our love, first and foremost, but it's rooted, first and foremost, in the love of God towards us. That's why we read from John chapter 17, which is the prayer of Jesus for his disciples and for not just the disciples at that time, but for all of us who are disciples down through the centuries. He prays that we may be one, even as he and the Father are one. That the unity that exists between the members of the triune Godhead might be the foundation of the unity that is experienced and expressed between sisters and brothers within the life of the church. So important, Jesus says, that if this is true, then the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as I have loved you when they are completely one. Blessed be the tie that binds. Not just blessed in the sense of those who are part of that community of faith, that their lives are enriched, but blessed in the sense that people who are not believers look and see the difference Within the, ch- within the children of God. Now, of course, there's only one tie that binds us. And probably Fawcett has in his mind other passages pars- of Scripture, perhaps Philippians, if there is any encouragement in Christ, there is any consolation in love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of one mind, maintaining the same love being united in the Spirit, intent on one purpose. The triune God, and in particular, the work of the Holy Spirit, is the one who brings peace and unity to the church of Jesus Christ. It is to establish below what is already established above. See the connection between the two? It's a relationship that is like that relationship that exists in heaven. And we're always striving after it more and more in our daily living. So when we sing the hymn at the end of the service, we're reminded of the narrative, the story of God's intervention in our lives. The way that God has reconciled us to himself, and in reconciling us to himself is reconciling us to one another, is establishing us within the family of faith. The phrase is like to that above reminds us that although we grasp a little of human community in this world, there is much more to know. There is a greater achievement that we can all have. It is like to that which is in heaven between the members of the triune Godhead. Now the second stanza is honest. It realizes that we need one another in the struggles of life, that life is not always easy. And so it speaks about pouring out our ardent prayers, pouring out our ardent prayers. Notice these are not individual prayers, they're corporate prayers. We identify our needs with one another. We've just been praying for our world. We've been praying for people in need and we pray for ourselves. We do it ardently. We do it because we recognize that we cannot make it on our own. Ultimately, we recognize the need of God's help, and that help is coming through the family of faith that are praying for one another. So, so Fawcett says, our fears, our hopes, our aims, are one, our comforts, and our cares. The Scripture talks about rejoicing with those who rejoice, but weeping for those who weep. I'm not too sure what's easier. I suspect it's easier to weep with those who weep rather than to rejoice with those who rejoice because we sometimes feel in that situation that their lives are more enriched than ours are. But we are to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. We're in a situation where we are genuinely concerned with one another. The double use of mutual in verse three is significant we share our mutual woes, our mutual burdens bear, and often for each other flows a sympathizing tear. There's a deep down expression here that is arising from our hearts, not just our minds, from our hearts that are sympathetic towards the needs of others, so much so that there may well be tears in our eyes when we think about each other, when we pray for one another, when we are concerned for one another. The mutuality is one of communal solidarity. We are one in Christ Jesus. How good and pleasant it is, says the psalmist, when kindred dwell together in unity. It's a remarkable psalm. It's a psalm that speaks about the blessing of God coming upon us like the precious oil that is running down the beard of Aaron, that oil that would have anointed Aaron to be a priest in the service of God. It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls in the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord ordains his blessing, life forevermore. Our lives are enriched, our lives are blessed when we live together in what Fawcett is describing here as mutual concern for the family of God. The final two stanzas end in hope, thinking about what lies ahead of this world, the recognition that death is a reality that separates us from fam- friends and families and causes pain. We are drawn apart, drawn asunder from one another, very much a kind of 18th century language. When we asunder part, it gives us inward pain. But we shall still be joined in heart and hope to meet again. Christian hope sustains us in the most difficult of experiences of life. When we lose loved ones, it's the hardest thing to bear. Family, friends, those who are dear to our hearts. But Fawcett speaks of a glorious hope that we have that sustains us in the midst of that sorrow. This glorious hope revives our courage by the way, while each in expectation lives and longs to see the day. We look forward. We look forward to the eternal kingdom of God. Our life within the world knows pain and sorrow and grief and suffering. Our life within the Christian community knows that as well. We are human. We are sisters and brothers who have a concern for each other, We know the pains and the sorrows, Fawcett puts it this way, from sorrow, toil and pain and sin we shall be free and perfect love and friendship reign through all eternity. I wouldn't say that the theologian Jonathan Edwards is my favorite theologian, but near the end of his life he preached a series of sermons on 1 Corinthians chapter 13 on love, And the final sermon is a remarkable sermon it's a sermon entitled heaven a world of love and he uses that sermon to encourage his readers in the midpoint of the 18th century to express love towards one another he says if heaven is a world of love and we long to go to that place in the eternal kingdom of god then are we pursuing love in our lives towards one another? There's no detailed description in this hymn of Fawcett as to what the hope that we have involves. It's just a basic affirmation that life does not end with death, that the rule of God in life and eternity displaces the sorrow, the sin, the toil, the pain, the vexation and grief that mark so much of our day-to-day existence. To sing this hymn, is to recognize that we stand in, in solidarity with the people of God from the first, the fifth, the sixth, the 18th, the 19th, the 21st century. We are in solidarity with each other, because God has grasped hold of us. He's bound us into His family. And we sing this hymn and we feel the bonds of love towards one another. And we ask that that blessedness might become more and more of a reality within our daily lives, blessed be the tie that binds our hearts and Christian love, the fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Let's sing this hymn together this morning as we come to this part in our worship, number 267. I invite you to stand and to sing. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, let whatever that is meant to come, come, and whatever is meant to go, go. Help us to surrender to your will and understand that surrender does not mean giving up or going backwards, but rather opening up to the unknown in faith that you will provide for us in ways beyond our imagination. We offer our deepest gratitude to you. Amen.
0: Lord, we bring these tithes and offerings into your house we give them Lord from the depth of our being from the bottom of our heart because we want to express to you our love and devotion we ask of oh Lord that you would take these multiply them and may they always be used to further your kingdom's work first in this community and then the world in your name I pray, Amen To be seated for just a moment please want to welcome those who are guests today and also to invite you to linger long enough that we can meet you there in the narthex we have a reception with some lemonade and some cookies there and i uh, hope that you'll linger long enough for that and of course members always uh, linger for those uh, and we also uh, are grateful that our choir has has uh, gotten the robes there are still some others to come in but we'll we're getting there and we're so grateful for all that you do to make uh, worship such a A grand and glorious occasion uh, each week. So thank you all. This week is a week that we have our usual activities on Wednesday and also on uh, Thursday. You see those in the bulletin. I did want to make one announcement too. If you happen to be down here tonight around five o'clock and you see lights on the sanctuary, you're not missing anything that we're doing here, but you know that last month we did extend an invitation to another church to use the sanctuary on Sunday evenings for their worship. Uh, hour and they will be again tonight at five o'clock and so they'll be here in the sanctuary at five o'clock for their for their worship service it's iron city church and have been meeting up at ramsey for the last year but i wanted to let you know sometimes you get down here to go to eat or something like that in five points and you look over and you say well they didn't tell me about this worship service so i want you to know about it so that you'll be aware and also to know that i'm sure if if you came they would gladly receive you if you desire to desire to do so So as we go out, we go out because uh, we as children of God and the mission of Christ and because we're bound together. Dr. Roxburgh is going to give our benediction.
1: So may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us now and forevermore. Amen.